everyone, and welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Jasmine Petty and Giuseppe Corallo. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about uh, Season 17, Episode 5 of Grey's Anatomy, entitled Fight the Power. So if you haven't seen that episode yet, there are spoilers ahead. Uh, we're going to start off, as usual, with the 30-second recap. So here we go. In this week's episode, we find that Meredith's condition has improved and that she's on the mend. Tom is admitted, and while it looks bleak for a while, he pulls through in the end, and him and Teddy decide to be friends. Bailey's mom is admitted with, as a COVID patient, and we learn that she's been suffering from Alzheimer's. Jackson enlists Richard's help to convince his mom to wear her mask properly, and Joe considers a career change. So that's the recap. Uh, Giuseppe, do you want to start us off by sharing uh, kind of your uh, initial thoughts on the episode? Yes, yes, of course. So I really, really liked this episode because I thought it was an emotional one. Mm -hmm. And of course, the main theme of the episode was, you know, losing a parent and what this means to Bailey's, the Bailey's character. Mm -hmm. But it's not just about losing a parent, losing a loved one, but also losing him or her in this case because of a pandemic, because of COVID. And I thought it was very, really emotional. And I loved Bailey's journey through this episode. When was the last time that we actually saw Bailey's mother? Was season nine for a wedding? No, we saw her in flashbacks, that episode where she gets- Oh, right, right. In episode 14, when she got the heart attack, when she had an heart attack. Yeah, of course. It was actually good to see an insight about the relationship in, in this specific time when they're about to say goodbye to each other, you know? And the fact that we discovered that uh, Betty's mother has Alzheimer's and she hasn't actually shared to reach with it to with Richard or to Meredith, I thought that was really interesting, mm-hmm. an interesting choice that Betty made and uh, a really loving and caring one because as she says Meredith, to Meredith, she actually kept it, kept it as a secret because she didn't want to hurt the people she loves most. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, Meredith knows this disease firsthand and the same applies to Richard. So to know more about the two of them, about the relationship, I think it was really great. And again, to see her mother dying, uh, it was, I mean, when we see... I think losing, I mean, not me, I think everyone can agree with me that losing a mother is the worst thing that can happen to a human being. And I love how this show handles these these storylines, mm-hmm. like they handled with, uh, with Meg in season 13 and now with Bailey. I think they always do a, a great job. And to see Bailey so caring for a mother and singing to her to calm her down, it it made me really emotional. So I I was really into the episode. But on the other hand, even though I liked it, if I look at this episode as part of, in the bigger bigger picture, as, as, as the fifth episode of an ongoing season, I think that I said this last time, and I'm gonna say it again, I feel like I feel the COVID fatigue. Mm-hmm. I feel that right now, all the the show is really COVID-driven. And one of the main reasons I love Grey's Anatomy is because the show is actually character-driven. Yes. But right now, it doesn't seem so. It's like everyone's storyline is, is stale. It's like nothing is actually happening. I mean, don't get me wrong. Meredith sick, Tommy sick, Belly just lost her mother. So yeah, things are actually happening but they're all related to COVID. It's like 
that like everything else has been put on all. And I know that is, this is the truth because if we think about the pandemic, our lives, I mean, I'm talking about me, but I think the same could be said about you and to uh, the people listening to us. Each one of us has their lives on hold right now. But the point is that I think it doesn't make for powerful television. Yes, you're dealing with COVID, but how much longer can we take since we're right. living in a pandemic right now? So I appreciate them for what they're doing, for for what they, the way they're portraying it. But, and again, if it is so real, but I would love for them to tell us what their storylines are going to be. Because right now, I just, I just feel like nothing is actually happening, that nothing has happened since the premiere. Yeah. And I'm talking about the Teddy, Tom, and uh, Owen Triangle. I'm talking about Meredith Love Life. I'm yes. talking about the Lucas disease. I'm talking about Emilia Link as a couple, yeah. uh, how they approach their parenting. It's like everything is in a bubble and it's a COVID bubble. And it's true, it's what's happening. But again, it's so, so difficult to watch. And in a way, I think, I might be wrong, but I think this season feels, at least to me, like a, a filler season. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's, I mean, it's a very important season because it is highlighting what's happening in the world right now. So when it ends, when, we, when we'll have, let's hope, the, the, the next season, we're going to look back at this season as a very important one. But it's like, it's like we're not getting into these characters' minds as we used to. And I want to know what's inside them, what makes them tick. That's what makes great a show for me. So I'm, I'm really worried. I'm really worried about how much me as a viewer and of course also the, the audience can take, can actually sustain. What do you think, Jasmine? Do you agree? Or, 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 or because I know that you actually are loving this COVID storyline. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree on this episode. Like when you were talking last time, about how, you know, you were feeling, like last episode you were talking about how you were feeling the COVID fatigue and that you felt frustrated that, you know, the storylines weren't moving forward. Up until this episode, so the premiere to last episode, um, I wasn't, like, I got what you were saying, but I personally wasn't feeling it. I felt the excitement every episode, you know, that I watched, you know, my best friend that I watched was like, hey, let's look at the promo for next week. Like, I want to know who's on the beach. I want to know what's happening. And I felt that excitement. So even though, yes, it was very COVID heavy, um, there was enough excitement there to keep me going, and I loved that. But then this episode for me felt very anticlimactic, and that like I got a vibe coming into this episode that somebody was gonna die. It was gonna be really high octane. We were gonna get some movement. Maybe Meredith was gonna wake up. Maybe we were gonna see somebody cool on the beach. Um, you know, we were gonna get some movement. And then this episode aired, and it was a good episode, but it felt like this show was an upswing and then it plateaued because we didn't actually get any forward like Tom survived and Bailey's mother passed away but we didn't get any forward movement in terms of anybody's personal storyline yeah um and so yeah this episode I definitely was feeling the COVID fatigue and I was feeling the frustration and kind of the that that feeling of like okay but where are we going with this and, you know, now that we're coming into the mid-season point, usually coming into the mid-season, you're, we're given an indication as the audience as to 
where the characters are going personally and professionally, we're given some sort of indication and I feel like we're not getting one right now. And so I'm, I'm a bit confused by that. And um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen, like it was a very emotional episode and that I loved the storyline with Bailey's mom. And that was, I teared up, it was very emotional. But then the rest of the episode felt very like static, like it's not moving forward for me. Yeah, Gay, what do you say? Because it's, I, I, I agree with you. And also, I have to me, I have a, a confession to make, Jasmine, that part of the reason why I feel this way is because we're, we don't actually see Meredith right now doing something in the episodes. Mm -hmm. So I love her character. And I love when, I, to me, she, she's the art and soul of the show. So the fact that right now she's, she's not doing anything, to me, doesn't work. And again, in this episode, we only get one Meredith scene in the beach, on the yeah. beach. And it's what, like one minute long? I mean, if you want to keep her on that beach, just show me her more. She, she, she's the lead character. I, I, again, I, she's one of the main reasons I keep watching this show. So, of course, her not being there right now actually uh, lessens my enjoyment of this show. So, yeah, th this is huge for me. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I, I agree that, and one of the things I've liked so far about this season was, I know that in previous years, like the last couple of seasons, you know, Meredith as a character hasn't had as much screen time because Elm Pompeo has taken time off for personal reasons and stuff. And that's her right as an actor. Um, but one thing I loved was that, you know, uh, that, you know, the, the actors seemed really invested and involved in this season. You know, the kind of things that would take them away or reduce their screen time are no longer an issue right now. And then I felt like, you know, she got a lot of great screen time and we got a lot of really wonderful scenes with Meredith and other characters. And I love that. So for that to be in this episode reduced to just the one, like I love her conversation with Bailey, but it was one scene and not multiple scenes. And so, yeah, that definitely lessens, you know, uh, lessens the emotional pull of the show for me because I agree, she's the heart and soul of it. She's the anchor and everything else feeds through her and her, like her viewpoint and connection to other characters. And as a result, characters that aren't super connected to her are people I have a hard time empathizing with. Yeah. So and I know you feel that way too. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, well, I loved her, her scenes with Bailey and I loved the conversation where Bailey walks into her room and she goes, like, I, I got to admit it, like, I miss you. Like, as much as we fight sometimes and, you know, they, they're kind of at odds, you know, those girls can be at odds sometimes. She's like, I miss you. I, like, my mother is dying of COVID and she's got Alzheimer's and I want to talk to you and I can. I'm pissed about that. And I love their scene on the beach. And I love that. I just wish there had been more of it. Yeah, um, yeah. on with the, the beach scenes. If, if you can show her in the hospital right now, just show her me on the beach yeah more more of the beach if that's where you're going with it yeah, it would be i mean it would have been great for for bailey and meredith to talk about their mothers getting alzheimer's and mm -hmm. how that actually had a huge impact on their life i think it would yes. have been a great conversation but it didn't happen so yeah um so yeah i, I would have liked to have seen more of that and i get that i mean you i mean it's one of those things where like i i know a lot of the what we are and are not seeing on screen has to do with safety for the actors and the crew and yeah. 
obviously safety is the most important thing. And I would never want anyone to put themselves or their family or their children at risk for a TV show. Never, ever. But I definitely, this episode, I really felt the impact where I was like, okay, they obviously want to do more here, but they can't. And I really felt that this episode. Yeah. That that being said, there were things I loved about it. I love the scenes between Maggie and Bailey and Bailey and Richard. That was a beautiful scene between the scene between Bailey and Maggie. And did you see that it, it was an entire act of television, the scene between the two of them? It was just yeah. a seven minutes long scene. Yeah, just the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. And why did you like it so much? I mean, just tell us. I like a lot of things. I it felt very like they highlight I like that they highlighted kind of similar to last episode, where last episode really highlighted anti-Asian racism and how Asian patients receiving poor care because, uh, you know, Owen in this case, but you know, it's, it's, he's a stand in for, for people in the real world, um, using the white standard of care that doesn't take into consideration, you know, that everyone is different. Um, and then this episode, I felt like what they were trying to highlight was in a similar way, um, the lesser care and the discrimination that black and brown people face uh, for similar reasons. And so I love that, you know, Bailey can't get a hold of Ben because he's at work and she can't talk to Meredith and we see her later talk to Richard. And so Maggie in her talk and she, and in that conversation, it was two black women sharing their experiences, which I'm like, I'm sure that similar things have happened. Like when they talk about their experiences right. as black women um, and being underestimated all the time by guidance counselors and other white people. And, you know, I'm sure similar things have happened to those people, those characters and the, the characters, but also the actors of real life, the writers, those are real things that happen. And I just love their, them sharing their experiences, talking about their lives. They highlighted an, an important issue without being preachy. And I really love the, the moment where, you know, Bailey says, um, you know, the, those, all those proper women. And Maggie goes, I think you mean white women. Like, the, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's also generational because there's a certain generation which Bailey is part of where you you didn't say it outright. And that's partially a safety thing. Whereas Maggie's from a younger generation. So she's like, I'm going to call that out. And then, you know, then then Maggie shares her story about, so I think Bailey starts talking about the guidance counselor and then Maggie shares her story as well. And how, you know, they're always underestimated and how Bailey's like, yeah, my mom, you better believe she sent her that clipping. When yeah. she, you know, in the mail. Yeah, and I think that uh, thing that really struck me about the conversation was when, when she told Maggie that black and brown people have to prove their worth more. And it actually reminded me of uh, another Shondaland show that you might have watched. I don't know, Scandal. Did you watch Scandal? No, I didn't, but I think I know the scene you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you remind me of a scene in which Olivia's Pope father told her you have to be twice as good as them to get half of what they have. And yeah. so this conversation remind me of that powerful Shonda Rhimes writing. And I thought that was great. It was just so powerful and so true. Sadly, so true. Yeah. And one thing I really did love is that, you know, it highlighted it. It's so true. And, you know, to me, as somebody who was like, as a white person, this isn't something I experienced, but I'm obviously aware of it in other people around me. If watching the show and conversation, seeing characters share experiences like that changes even one person's mind out there. Like one person that watches this show 
you know, if it changes even one person's mind or it, it gets them to see a different perspective, like that's, that it's so worth it. And I, I love that they, you know, they highlighted a, a sad truth, but also the character's ability and people in general's ability to overcome that and what you can do and that you should believe in yourself and that it's an important issue that needs to be addressed. And yeah, I thought they did it in a very, like they also did it with humor too. Like they were like laughing about yeah. dumb white women. Yeah. Who didn't get it. Like, how dare you? I graduated. I'm the youngest head of card. I graduated yeah. top of my class. Of course I did. You're the problem, not me. Yeah, it, yeah, felt, I mean, it felt authentic. It felt true. Yes, yes. Two strong women sharing their story and mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it, it was good. It was it was perfect. And I wish we have more interactions between the two of them because I think they have really good chemistry. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And they they clearly have a lot to talk about too. Like they have, I think, a lot of shared. Like obviously, as I say, established a lot of shared experience in terms of not specifically in terms of like who they are as people, but just like in general. Yeah. Uh, because of who they are and how they look and. Uh, you know how other people see them, and uh, yeah. So and I, also, they both love so much one person, Richard. Yes. Yeah, and Richard is Richard. might be like a great connection between between the two of them. The love that they share for Richard, in a way, they are both Richard's daughters. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a little bit like Richard's daughter. So, yeah. I think that's really. I I thought it was a very tender, and and funny and and joyous moment and and also sad moment yeah yeah I, I agree and and on the topic of Richard I loved um Richard and Bailey scenes in this episode um how he the words of wisdom he gave Bailey I've said this before but Richard for me is at his strongest as a character when he's the wise man of Grey's Anatomy he's like as you said he's the rock he's the he's the steady the steady hand and I loved his words of, of wisdom to, to Bailey. I loved how he stood by her when they go, when she convinces, he convinced her to go into the room and then stands and sings with her. Oh, I teared up. I love how earlier I think, oh, he, Jackson's mad at Richard because he he's like, he thinks he's not taking the fact that Catherine isn't wearing her mask properly seriously. And, Bailey, and Richard turns to him and says, that is important, but Bailey's mom just got admitted as a COVID patient, she's suffering from Alzheimer's. Uh, we're all gonna chip in and help out here. That's what I'm focusing on. And Richard didn't know, or sorry, Jackson didn't know. And he goes, oh my God, yeah, of course. And then by the end of the episode, Richard off screen does find a way to convince Catherine to wear her mask properly for her own safety. And- But do you uh, have any ideas what Richard does to actually <laughs> convince Catherine? Well, I, I didn't think it was, to me, it wasn't that inventive. It just that Jackson <laughs> says like, oh, is this a sex thing? And Richard says, yeah. And he goes, okay. And then he walks away. To me, it was, to me, I interpreted that as, you know, Richard basically just called Catherine up. It was like, hey, Jackson told me you're not wearing your mask properly. If you wear it properly from now on, or I'm not having sex with you. That was all I, Yeah, yeah. that was my I, interpretation. I didn't think it was anything more than that. Maybe it yeah, was. Yeah, I think it was like sex strike on Richard's, <laughs> you know, a sex strike. He's going on strike. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right, so I think the next thing we should talk about is uh, Tom and Teddy and their storyline this episode. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, even though at the end of the episode, Tom seemed to be better, I have to say that I'm actually worried about him. Mm -hmm. I mean, what if we're seeing 
a surge like <laughs> like oh like, like with mark yes like mark oh, i hadn't I, thought I, of that but yeah yeah i i think that his story is not finished and i think that he's gonna be I think his conditions are going to worsen. I hope I'm wrong because I really like him as a character. And as I said yeah. before, I really wish him well, but I don't know. I think something bad is going to happen to him. And you know what? I think that speaking of bad things happening to him, Teddy is actually one of them. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, because I love Teddy. I do. And I, I like her and, and, and she has suffered a lot. And this is why I'm so mad at her right now. I mean, think about it, Jasmine. She has always been in love with Owen, mm -hmm. but she had to see him just as a friend because Owen was always uh, engaged with someone else. Yeah. So Teddy suffered because of that. So my question is, how can she ask Tom to be her friend when Tom is actually in love with her? I mean, she experienced it firsthand. She knows how to feel, to love someone and not be loved back and seen just as a friend. She suffered a lot because of that. So, Jasmine, you tell me, how is that possible? I love Teddy as a person. Why is she doing something like that? I feel she's being very selfish. And I know that she's putting herself out there because Tommy's in it right now. I get that. But she shouldn't be talking about friendship because these her might hurt to Tom even more. Tom yeah. loves her. She knows that. So how's that possible? And also another thing is that, and this is this goes back to what I said before, is that even though there was this storyline, so the Teddy, Tom, Owen, Triangle storyline playing this episode, it's like there was like little development on this department. And I think this happened also because of COVID. So again, it's like everything is stale. So yeah, don't you agree that Teddy is being really selfish right now with Tom? Yeah, I mean, I feel like she's kind of been selfish for like the last season <laughs> because <laughs> she, again, like I was happy when Teddy came back in like season 14 and 15. Again, while I'm not a Teddy and Owen shipper, I mean, I don't love them, I don't hate them. Like I'm kind of, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of neutral. Um, I was never super invested in that. You know, they did always kind of, it was always like, you know, right person, wrong time. And I thought, well, they finally did get together. Okay, finally, they're going to, we're going to see this. And so for her to turn around and have an affair with Tom, and then just not talk to the guy for months, try to patch things up with Owen, have it become clear that Owen's not interested in that right now, then try to make something work with Tom, have him be like, don't come near me, and then turn around and to be like, let's be friends because you've got COVID and are suffering is a horrible thing to do. I'm struggling to understand what Teddy is trying to accomplish, I guess, because, I mean, you know, Owen doesn't want anything to do with her. Her being friends with Tom is, is not going to work out because, you know, he's in love with her. And like you said, she knows the pain of being, having to just be friends with somebody that you're in love with. So she's being cruel, I think. And, you know, is, is the implication there that, you know, they're friends because he's suffering and as soon as he's, he improves that they're not going to be friends, are they going to stay friends? Watching, and like for Tom, watching Teddy be with Owen is obviously painful. Yeah, and of course. He's, he's tried to do the right thing. I mean, I'm not saying that he's innocent, but he has honestly tried to do the right thing, I think. And 
Owen is currently trying to do the right thing, I think. So like Teddy's kind of a hot mess in this situation. And I think she's being cruel. And I said in the last season, I struggle to understand what, ta- what Teddy is trying to accomplish. I'm like, I keep saying this every time, but I'm like, pick a lane woman, pick a yeah. guy, commit to that. But she keeps picking one and then being like, yeah, I don't know. And then like flip flopping around like a fish. And I'm just... And also, it's cruel to, to Owen as, as well because how can she, how can she expect to, uh, Owen to be okay with a friendship? Exactly. With- Owen's an incredibly jealous person. She knows that's not going to fly. And when her, like when Teddy and Tom are together, she makes comments like he makes that comment about like oh like we're going to be like him and Owen like joking that like about them being best friends. And Teddy says to him, "You joke, but that's honestly what I'm hoping for." She honestly tries to make that work, and I think Tom does too. Owen's not interested in making that work at all. He still isn't. So Teddy knows that that's not, like, she already tried that. They know that's not going to work. So what is she expecting here? I always think that she has the the best intentions, but then she she acts bad. Because, of course, she's trying to get closer to Tom because he's very sick right now. Yeah. But again, as you just said, this won't work. It's not possible for it to work. No, and I have to say one thing about this episode, which is that I this episode felt very anticlimactic to me because going into it, I had this vibe from you know what we saw at the end of last episode and some of the, the promo that I did catch. Um, I felt like somebody was going to die. I felt like it might be Tom. I, if I was expecting something very high octane and very action packed. And while this was a good episode, it was definitely very emotional about Bailey's mom. Everything else felt very plateaued. It felt very static. It felt very anticlimactic. Like it looked like Tom was really going to die there. And then he just didn't like, not that I want yeah. Tom to die, but like, it was like, yeah, it was like, it was, it was like, he was very sick. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, I'm fine. Yeah. How's that possible? I mean, exactly. And yeah, we didn't really get any movement there. I was expecting some big declaration from Teddy or something. We didn't get that. I was expecting yeah. something from Owen. We didn't get that. Yes, like but- a scene between Owen and Teddy talking about Tom. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, that is what I'm talking about, Jasmine, that something is missing. These stories are not character driven right now. Yeah. This- was I telling you before that 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 is why I'm worried about this show right now. I love Grey's Anatomy, you guys. I love it. And that is why I'm sh- I'm worried. Speaking of Teddy, um, I know that you really liked the conversation between Teddy and Amelia. Yes. So that was one thing I did love. So you know, um, we get some comic relief when you know Amelia said she's going in, and, and she makes that offhand comment about her having slept with Tom, and like is like, wait, hold up. <laughs> um bit of comic relief there and then we teddy and amelia run into each other at at work because she's there to check on him and you know can and and, and then we find out that you know he's not actually it was like a the the, the mental the altered mental status was a was a temporary thing he doesn't yeah. have brain damage he doesn't need brain surgery and so and then teddy you know you know i found in that scene you know it's like teddy's trying to you know wants amelia to be her friend but that ship has sailed because as Amelia says to her, I obviously have feelings about what you did and didn't do. But that being said, I have done many, many hurtful things in my life that are way worse than that. But some of which involved Owen. 
So I'm not in a place to judge, um, uh, you know, kind of like, I wish you well kind of a thing. And then, and then she leaves. And, you know, I, I really love that we got to that contrast between, you know, I really didn't like Amelia as a character when, you know, up until recently, because, you know, as we now know, she had a brain tumor. She was not handling her addiction properly. She was all over the map. I found her very frustrating to watch. But post-tumor, like having her tumor removed, having her addiction under control, being mentally stable, I love Amelia as a character. And I love that we got to that contrast where I think Amelia, the old Amelia would have like lost it on Teddy and gotten really upset. How dare you? Like, I think she would have, you know, really exploded. Whereas new Amelia just goes, you know what? I have feelings about this, but I've done so many horrible things in my life. I'm in no place to judge. But at the same time, I thought, you know, she also, you know, put up that boundary and said, I'm not judging you, but we're also not friends here. If you think that's happening, that's not happening. Like you, that ship has sailed and, uh, you know, I wish you well and I empathize you can't be with your kids, but you know, that Tom is hurting, but um, yeah. And so I really loved that uh, scene. And I love that we got to see Amelia's transformation to wellness yeah. Yeah. and how she's managing yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that we have seen Amelia on this long journey of, of growing up and, and owning to her mistakes and mm -hmm. her errors. So yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I thought that was, that when she says, I have lots of feelings, but I'm not going to share them with you. I think that was perfect. Yes. And, it was, and it was very Amelia. I mean, very new Amelia. Yes. And I really, I mean, I didn't love Amelia in the past as much as I do now, because now I actually get her. So. Yes, me too, me too. Yeah. Uh, like I understand where she's coming from now, whereas I think before, sometimes like a lot of her and Mary's interactions, she would say something that was completely bananas and they never explained why. And I was like, what yeah. the heck was that? Whereas now they actually explain Amelia's thought process. So I'm like, oh, okay, even if I don't agree with her, I'm like, I see how you got to that point. I see, I see yeah. your process now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, even if I, I you're right. Now I get her character. Yes. Even if I don't agree with her, I, I get, I say, oh, okay, this is why. Yeah, I think Amelia's character has improved a lot from mm -hmm. a writing standpoint, you know, in the past uh, three years. I mean, I think since Krista Vernoff took over, since season 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I no, think. I think they've done a great job with Amelia. Like she's gone from, I've said this before, but she's gone from somebody like a character like I didn't care about that I found, you know, I, I couldn't empathize with that I that annoyed me to someone that I'm really rooting for. And um, that takes a lot. Like I'm the, one of those people that like, if, if a character loses me, like if they do a certain plot and they lose me, I'm a very hard person to get back. Like for me to like that character oh, is very difficult. Really? really? Yes, very, very much so. Um, and I've had that with a lot of characters on Grey's. Um, so the fact that they got are you like that? Are you like that just with your shows or in your life as well with your friends? Um, yeah, I'm probably both. I guess, I mean I, I never really thought about it, but I, I guess both. I'm a not that like not that I hold grudges or anything. I don't forgive. It's just that you know. Um, just move on. Yeah, like if I, I'm that kind of person. There's certain lines for me you can't cross. If you cross one of those, fictional or real, you've lost me. And yeah. we're just not going to get back from that. And I'm the kind of person I don't, like, I don't pretend. Like, I'm one of those people who's like, oh, yeah, we're fine. No, we're not fine. Um, <laughs> so for me to, to get, to come back around on that character 
like is an incredible feat. So I, I just wanted to give a shout out to the writing on that one. Uh, very impressive. I didn't think that was possible for me to like this character. And now I really root for Amelia. So, and I think the other thing we should talk about that was a big part of this episode was uh, Joe and her, um, her, her decision to maybe make a, a career change. Oh, yes. So in this episode, we see that, um, that Joe has potentially decided to make a career change. She's not feeling the joy, even though her, um, the, one of the new interns that's, that's retraining in, in, in the U.S. is feeling the joy. And she talks to Schmidt a lot about, um, you know, not feeling the joy, even though everyone else is, and they're all so impressed by her. And then she has to randomly deliver a baby because she's the only doctor the nurses can <laughs> yeah. find. Yeah, randomly being the keyword, very randomly. Random um, to me. And then she comes home at the end of the night and just talking to Schmidt about how that made her feel joy. Maybe that's why Kareem is so happy all the time. And she says to him that, you know, I've invested all this time in surgery, but if that's not making me happy anymore, maybe I should think about, you know, re-specializing. And the implication there is that she might re-specialize either as an OBGYN or as a pediatric surgeon. And while I thought, you know, there's some good acting from uh, Camilla Ludington who plays Joe on the storyline, to me, the idea that Joe is now randomly re-specializing came out of freaking nowhere. The fact that she was with Alex and was married to Alex, for, like she was with and married to the head of pediatric surgery, one of the best pediatric surgeons in the entire country for years, never shown any interest in children, was lukewarm on the topic. When asked, she was like, hell no, I don't have kids. She was very lukewarm, never showed any real interest in pediatrics. And then her and Alex split up. He leaves the show. And suddenly in the wake of that, she suddenly decides she wants to catch babies for a living. That came wow, out wow, everywhere. Wow. Yeah, Jasmine, I, think, I, I, I actually think... This storyline works because you're right. She has always been lukewarm towards babies and 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 all this stuff. But there is a pandemic happening, and and she's living in a new world. So yeah, I guess she so. has. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess this makes sense. I I have to say that I really liked her storyline this episode, and the scene of her uh, helping that woman giving birth was. I think it was very emotional to me because I always love when when uh, people fall in love with their job again, all over again. Mm -hmm. Maybe because it's something that I want to happen in my life right <laughs> now. You know, I would really love for it to happen right now. So maybe because of that, it's just it gives me joy and to see Joe uh, start a episode really uh, tired and and then having this epiphany. And, mm -hmm. and saying something very important, okay, it's never too late to change. Okay, yes, I've spent all these years training to be a surgeon, uh, a general surgeon, but wouldn't it be stupid to not change if it, this doesn't make me happy anymore? I think that is such, such a great question. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, I think I, we can all relate to it. I mean, not everyone, but I can relate to it because most of the time I think, okay, what if I change? Is it too late for me? Do I have the time? Or, or what about the all the time that I spend doing the things to, to achieve what I'm doing right now? So yeah. these are very interesting questions. And of course, to say, yes, I'm going to change and I'm going to make a, a, a career, I'm going to pursue a new career. I think it's a very, very difficult move, move to make. So I'm really excited to see where this goes. 
because I think it's going to be full of bumps for Joe and it's going to be really hard. And so I'm, I'm really excited about her. And also uh, talking about Joe, speaking of Joe, I actually love all her interaction with Levi. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yes, they're amazing together. They bounce (laughs) off each other well, I think. Yes, yes. When Levi yeah. was telling her, oh, okay, my bike has a flat, uh, flat tire, I need a ride, so are you going to work? I thought that was so funny. Yeah. No funny. Right. Yeah, and speaking of funny, I want to tell something. So Jasmine last night was actually sending me messages and she was telling me, where on earth is McWidow? Where on earth is Dr. Ace, Cormac yeah. Ace? Yeah, you you were like, where is he? And I was like, I don't know, where is he? So Jasmine, where is he? Where is Cormac Case? That was that was my big question. So in contrast, and one of the reasons I'm I'm feeling the fatigue this episode where I wasn't last episode was Hayes was missing from the previous episode. And while I missed seeing him, because of the way that episode was done, you know, while I missed his presence, you know, the fact that not all characters were in that episode, um, I mean, like, Hayes was the only one that was absent, but some of the other characters were just kind of in it, in it very briefly. It fit with the episode. There was a kind of logic to it. Um, and it's normal for main characters to be absent for an episode or two a season. That's normal. But they're usually spaced out. It's like one episode here, one episode there, or they're like very briefly in the background or something, or like they have a couple of lines. Whereas this is the second episode of row that Hayes has been absent from, and I really... I was expecting to see him. I really felt his absence. I was confused as to why he wasn't there and why they weren't addressing it. Like he wasn't at the meeting that Richard held last episode. He, you know, like, you know, Meredith's condition, like Meredith's improving. We don't see Hayes, you know, Hayes I felt should have been there asking other characters for an update, standing outside her window, visiting her at her room. Um, he's yeah. a head of pediatrics yeah. and yet nobody seems to be addressing where the heck he is. Um, Joe catches a freaking baby because apparently OB is short-staffed. Where the heck was Hayes? Um, yeah. you know, like she's looking at to, into re-specializing in pediatrics or OBGYN, which is Hayes' department. And he's no, and they can't have a conversation about it because he's nowhere to be found. So I just, I, like the question I kept asking and, and, and in the past, when I've been watching an episode and I've been like, where me or Amy have been like, where the heck is Hayes? Usually he shows up on screen like a minute later. Yeah. But this episode he didn't. And I was like, where is he? I like I really felt his absence. I love him as a character. I'm invested in him as a character. I think he yeah. makes everything better. To the point that I was honestly concerned about the actor. I'm like, did something happen to the actor? Is that why he's been absent for him? Like, because for him to be absent for two episodes in a row means he wasn't on set for a month. He wasn't present or they cut what he was in. So I'm like, is the actor okay? Like I honestly got concerned. Might have had COVID? I I hope not. But like I, my thought was, okay, under normal circumstances before COVID, if an actor was absent for a couple of episodes, usually put in some throwaway line about like, oh, they're on floor five or, oh, they took a personal day or they, or their kid got the flu. Like they did with Teddy last season when the actress was absent for a few episodes. But last season, Hayes was absent for a couple of episodes in the second half of the season. And like when they come back from the conference episode, um, he wasn't there. And I remember watching it being like, 
what the heck? Did he fly commercial? Like everybody else came back from that conference. Where the hell was he? But then he showed up the next episode and then he was absent a little while later, but then like he always shows up the next episode, but this is the first time he's been randomly absent and not shown up. And I was confused because I'm like, okay, they upped him to a main character and signed a new contract with him like over the summer, like before the show came back for this season. And he's credited in this and the previous episode. So that means they're paying the guy to be there, but he's not on set. Wow. And, like, I guess I'm concerned because I'm like, there's no reason, like during non-COVID times, yeah, maybe the guy had a family emergency or was doing something personal or like had to take a day off. Fine, whatever. But during COVID, I mean, it's not like the guy's on vacation. So where is he? Is there something wrong? I hope not. Yeah, I, I miss the character. I'm concerned for the actor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm... No, I'm I miss the character as well, but I have to say that I think that what's happening is that his storyline is, of course, is obviously really connected to Meredith Grant. So yes. I think that we don't see him as much because Meredith right now is, I mean, she's on the show, but she's not actually in the storyline. Yeah. So I think that's what's happening. But this is also makes me angry because if you think about it, this, I mean, I hope that he's, he and Meredith are our end game. So I think that they could have used this time apart from Meredith to establish him as a character. Yes. With giving us new interactions with him and other characters. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, I think this is a missed opportunity. And I really, really hope that we see him next week. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope so too, because... Um, the season finale is a big deal, especially because this show isn't coming back to later next year. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen him, like, at this point in the show, we've seen him and Jack, obviously, he's very much connected to Meredith. We've seen that he's friends with Joe and that Joe is a huge Meredith and Hayes fan. She's she's them all the way, which I love. Um, we've seen him have positive interactions with Bailey and Maggie. Um, I'd love to see him interact with Richard um, I'd love to see more of him in Jackson. I'd love to see more of um, him in Teddy or Owen um, or like mentor in Levi, maybe. Like, I'd love yeah. to see him, you know, explore more of his backstory, flush him out as a character, because I, and I feel like he's a lot of depth already. I feel they could do more with that. Let's see him get to know, you know, the other characters, especially because like I, I want Meredith and Hayes to get together as well. It would be nice to see him establish relationships with their characters on his own so that when Meredith and Hayes get together, he already has relationships. He's not just hanging out with those people because they're close. Yeah, and I agree. I would, I would, and I felt like there was a really great setup in the last season for that to happen. And this has obviously been impacted by COVID because if COVID had not happened, A, we would have gotten four more episodes in the last season, and B... I think with their storyline, I think we would have seen them go get a drink. I think we would be seeing Hayes yeah. interact yeah. with the other characters more. Um, yeah. But yeah. we're not. And I'm, I'm sad about that. Yeah, I'm sad as well. And also because uh, there was, was, was what I was telling you before, I really loved the second half of season 16. I thought they were going into the right direction. Yes. I loved every moment. And then COVID happened. And yes. I really hope that we can get those moments back because yes i want to see meredith and ace together i really want to see them explore their relationship yeah and i'm hoping too that um like when they come back in the new year like right now in the timeline of grays we're in may and 
from what I caught in the poem for next week, Richard's talking about, you know, they're expecting a surge of patients. It's getting worse with like, you know, May and June. Yeah, May and June were really bad. I mean, things are bad now, but like, um, I'm hoping that when, you know, we have the mid-season finale, I'm hoping when the show comes back in the new year, um, you know, that we are going to see the timeline move forward. You know, they're going to like establish where they are. The timeline's going to move forward. And, you know, like even if we jumped from, even if the show jumped from the spring to the fall, that would make a big difference. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. as we know, travel opened up in the fall. We're now in the winter. We're now getting vaccines. Um, you know, we know a lot more about the disease and how to treat it. You know, um, we were getting a we're getting a better understanding of the color coded system where I am. We went from a, a stage system to a color coded system. A lot of improvements. We learned a lot more. Um, and so even just that jump would allow the characters, you know, it would allow other characters to come and visit. It would allow more intimacy, I think. It would allow for more storylines, bigger storylines, more character driven, less COVID. So I hope we see that in the new year because like you, I really felt Hayes' absence and I'm feeling the fatigue. So the next thing I think we should talk about is uh, what our favorite quotes or scenes were from the episode. Uh, Giuseppe, do you want to, to share what yours was? Well, I, I loved the final Miranda Bailey's voiceover mm-hmm. when she reminded us that these people dying, they're not just statistics. They have a name, they have a story, mm-hmm. they have a passion, they have loved ones. I thought that was a very, very powerful voiceover. So yeah, my favorite quote this week is Miranda Bailey's final voiceover. What about yours? I, I had a similar one in that my favorite, uh, not so much quote, but I guess scene was that that same scene where Bailey has the, has the voiceover and then it goes into her singing to her mom, singing the song My Girl to her mom. Oh, yeah. And then Richard joins in. Yes. Um, that I found that very moving. I teared up. It was very emotional. Um, I, I thought it was such a good callback to the fact that, you know, uh, singing a favorite song or something like that to someone who has Alzheimer's or is suffering in that way or suffering memory loss, the deteriorating can be very soothing and calming and special to them. And yeah. um, I saw somebody on Twitter comment on this that uh, th- th- they noticed that it was a bit of a callback to an earlier uh, episode, an earlier season where Richard, uh, Adele comes to the hospital and she thinks that Richard's operating with Ellis. Oh yeah, my fun Valentine. Yes, to calm her down, he sings, him and and, and Meredith sing to her and it calms her down. And um, I love that Richard was able to not return the favor, but, but do that for Bailey in her time of need and for Bailey's mother. Like he finds out that, you know, he basically he finds out that that Bailey's been dealing with this on her own because he didn't want she didn't want to upset him and Meredith. But rather yeah. than he doesn't even comment on that, he just decides to stand by her and, and supports her the way that he can and recognizes how hard this is. And just he's like, Well, this is what Bailey needs. This is what Adele needed. Um, this is what Ellis didn't get to have. So, you know, he just he just stands by her. And yeah, I found that scene very moving where she was able to give her mother that, um, I don't know, I'm going to choke that, like that, that death with dignity, that, that moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in the way that she could, and she's saying to Maggie earlier, you know, like, I, I don't know what to do. And Maggie says, I, you know, I did everything. 
but in the mm. end it did make me feel any better and I, I I feel sad that I robbed my mother of that moment that I could have given her if you have the opportunity please take it trust me when I say you're not going to feel any better but giving her that moment if you can give it to her if that's possible is so worth it and um yeah that Bailey was able with Richard's assistance to, to give that to her mother and to herself and to her father in a way. Um, yeah, I'm starting to tear up talking about it. So that was, that was my favorite uh, okay. scene. I found it very emotional. Yeah. 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 Okay, Jasmine, I think that's our show. Yeah, uh, I agree. That's our show for the week. Um, if you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review our show, and tell your friends. Uh, our theme song is inspired by Kevin McCloyd. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Dance It Out Pod and on Instagram at Dance Out Grey's Anatomy. Uh, until next time, I'm Jasmine. I'm Giuseppe, and I hope to see Korma <laughs> uh, Case next week. <laughs> and this is Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. 